Luke 9, the Bible says, When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. Amen? And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, Take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Now, this was an instruction to them. Don't use it as an instruction as a doctrine. Because really the doctrine should be to listen to him. He told the rich young ruler to give up everything. He's not telling that to all the rich people. And, like, and it says, so they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Then it talked about Herod, you know, hearing about all this stuff, and then John the Baptist. And then further down it says, when the apostles re- returned, they just healed the sick, delivered, cast out demons, and they returned, they said, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Because today I want to talk about God with us. Everything Jesus was to the disciples, the Holy Spirit is to us. There was, a, there was a switch. He went to heaven, and the Holy Spirit was released. The veil was ripped, and I've said it, and I'll say it again. We have access to him, but it's also now he has access to people. And so they asked Jesus questions. We can ask the Holy Spirit questions. Jesus gave them power. The Holy Spirit gives us authority to heal. You were baptized in water, but there's another baptism, a baptism of fire. And that's where you get the power to become his witness, not just to speak in tongues. So it's to become his witness so they can, when you witness something, you see something. Friday night, courts and Sabata had their meetings. Oh, I encourage you to come. You say, oh, this is, no, it was, it was anointed. It was powerful. And I know two people got saved. I witnessed it. So I can say, a witness is to there. Now, we got to understand the gospels were written after Jesus rose from the dead. So there's revelation in the gospels they did not have at the moment. Peter says, do not die. And so we have, there is a veil. There is still a veil for many of us, and that is the veil of revelation of really who Jesus is and what he is. And so they just came back and said, look at all what we did. But when, so Jesus took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. So the disciples healed. They saw Jesus healed. But late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. So God's only good for deliverance and healing, not the practical needs. God's only good on Sunday mornings, epicenter, but Monday morning, here I am back in at work, no revelation, there's a veil. Friends, it's God with us, not just God watching us. And if he's with us, he tells us what to speak. There's ministers, you guys know, and I go there and they say, okay, when you pray for the sick, use this prayer sheet. There is some in that, but when we listen to the Holy Spirit, you will pray in a different way for everybody. It's not the same way. There's no formula. One time Jesus healed with his word. One time he healed with mud. And we make a formula and a system, but when it's God with us, then we can. there's a continuum. It's not like he just gave us instructions and said, go. He said, go, and he's going with us while we go. He's talking with us while we go. He's saying, say this, do this, and it's not like just do There's a flow. When you spend time with him, there's more of a flow than you realize. We talk about Blaine. One time he goes, and he always picked where we ate. I didn't care, you know, like, he doesn't want to go here. One day he goes, Johnny, where do you want to go? He called me Johnny. He goes, Johnny, where do you want to go? Anywhere. I said, that place. It was a beat down Chicken place. The sign was crooked. It was faded. The only thing that would be yelping is the next day. There's no reviews. It was bad. And look back. He goes, sure. he goes, anywhere, Johnny. Steak anywhere. I go, no, that place. So we walk in, and Blaine grew up fundamental Baptist. If you know anything about them, they were just like, you know, it's strict. And, you know, he got saved, but it was religious. 
So we walk in, there's one couple in that place, which is not a good sign at lunch. And Blaine wrote a book, and we sat down, and he goes, go get a book. I have a word for them. So we walk over there, and they're fundamental Baptists. Don't believe in the prophetic. And Blaine goes, I was fundamental Baptist. Boom, he has entrance. It's God with us. It's that daily instruction. The, the instruction was not in the Bible. John, pick a chicken place so Blaine can give a word. That's not in the Bible. Jesus says, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot handle. But when the Spirit comes, because there was a switch, God with us. It's not just with us to go to hard times. It's not just with us to get finances. It's not just with us to get answers. He is the answer. So we come to God. God, give me an answer for this, answer for this, answer for this. But when you walk with him, you realize he's with the daily needs. Because they just got back from signs, wonders, and miracles. But when they had to feed the people, they told God, send them away. Because you don't meet those needs. It's just spiritual things. You can't tell me how to talk to my kids, but I can pray for cancer. I can give a prophetic word, but I don't know which job to take. You're not in those needs. And there's a revelation. Revelation means to reveal. It's always existed. The plan for your life has always existed. You just don't know it all. Jeremiah, I called you a prophet from the womb. Jeremiah didn't know it, and he says, I'm too young. Moses says, I'm too old. He revealed. Jesus spoke. Now, so all 12 disciples came to Jesus. 12 verses 1. There's a, a story in the Bible. When I say story, I mean account. It's not some story, not some children's fable. It was an account. It actually happened. God really spoke and said, let there be light, and there was light. It's not some flannel thing we put that was actually happened. 400 prophets to one, and the one was right. See, you know that we tell, uh, you know, Jesus has a double-edged sword? In Greek, it means two-mouthed. It takes two mouths to hold that sword. So when you put your mouth and say what he says, you can hold the sword. But it's only his mouth. It's only a one-mouth sword. The Father, the Son, the Spirit are one, and they're waiting for us to agree. And I'm not talking about confessing things where you're God. I'm saying, God, what do you want me to confess? And it's this. Because the food, they said, send them away. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. They answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. Over 5,000 men. So here they are. John later wrote, in the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word is God. And all things were created by him, for him, through him. Nothing that was created was created without him. Standing next to the creator of the universe, and they said, this is all we have. This is our source. There was a veil where Jesus was the source because his source is from heaven. That's why he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll take from me. And he goes, and I go to the Father, and everything that the Father has is mine. That's why it says the Spirit can take from me, because the Spirit takes from the Son, and the Son takes from the Father, and he gives to us. It's God with us. He's with you right now. When you walk out those doors and you have circumstances or problems or natural things, he's still with you. There is a revelation that he's still with you. He's John, the, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not just about the revelation of end times. We make about so many things other than Jesus. We make it about gifts. We make it about power. We make it about this. It's about Jesus. Amen? So they said, send the people away. And they said, this is our source. There, is a, there was a veil. So what we do is we go, okay, God, I need you for cancer. I need you for this. And they, okay, go behind the veil. Get behind the veil that's ripped. And I'll handle this. Send, and they're telling Jesus what to do. Go send the people away. Because you can't meet their needs. They didn't say that, but they weren't thinking that. Why? Because it wasn't done before. Just because it's never been done before, just because you've never had finances in your family and your mom never had finances before, if God says you can have finances, you, there's people, 
God cares just about the rich as he does the poor. Now, their immediate needs are different, but their eternal needs are the same. I had someone ask me, God, he said, John, what do you think about? And he named a certain type of person. I said, they need Jesus. I go, but so does that CEO sitting in the building in the high rise. I go, but when he passes you, you don't think about you. You only think about them. A few weeks, a few months ago when it was cold, seems like seven years ago it's been so hot. Every year I go, is it hotter? I'm from California, friends. I mean, this is, and I go back to California. I was like, why did I move to Houston? Oh, yeah, Epicenter. I love Jesus. Oof. When God says move, it's going to be a quick move for me, man. You're going to get it all. It, <laughs> it's always hot here. <laughs> he, so it says there, there's a veil. And, and Jesus, then he gave them instructions, have them sit down in groups of 50, about 50 to each. So the disciples did, did so. It says, so we say, Lord, we say, Lord, but really we mean you're Lord over this and this, but you really have no power over this because there's a veil. We've never seen you do this before. I was talking about, you know, so, so the plans, it's like a few months back, some of us, you know, there was an offering. We gave blankets to the, to the homeless, and, and you know, and, and they can come to the outreach, and they can get saved. But I'm fully aware that there's Mercedes-Benz driving down that road that need Jesus just as much that aren't going to stop for there. There's people, this is what I'm saying, there's people in this building that God wants to bless financially, not just so you can have a bigger house. Those things are good. Not just so you can sit on a chair and write checks. Those things are good. So he's giving you entrance to the rich that need him that would not listen to you if you did not have money. So you can tell him about Jesus. Look, I have all the things you do, but it's not enough. There is a king of glory that sits high above the earth. They're not stopping to get a blanket. They're not stopping to get a free hot. Who's going to go? Someone's got to go to Hollywood. Someone's got to go to those places. And if it's God with us, he, can, he will enable you and empower you to go everywhere he's called you to go. Not, you know, I go to, I go to Mexico, and, 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 and there's an anointing and authority there that I would not go to if I just picked Japan. yes. I can pay a non-believer to preach the gospel on the corner and people will get saved because there's an anointing on this word. But when it matches the anointing on your life and you preach the word, there's a more of a spirit that can come and grab people. So here's the disciples, the 12, all get together. Jesus, you're amazing. You're amazing. Healings, deliverance, all this, but this food thing, send the people away. Give them something to eat. See, boys, here's what you don't understand. You bring to me and say, this is all we have. This is my source. Not looking to Jesus and going, Jesus, you're our source. What do we need to do? There is no situation, no problem, circumstance where God goes, I don't know. Not a one. Pastor Allen's sitting here. I was working on his house. One time he was selling his house, and he says, man, can you get my, I used to go over there, hang out, eat, before he had a fiance. It was cool. And so uh, those were the good old days. And he goes, man, can you get my doorbell to work? My doorbell doesn't work. So I go in his attic. It looked like a colorblind electrician did the wiring. I don't know what the heck. You had a white wire, well, then a, a wire, and then a green wire. Now, I don't know electrical theory. I, I, I can do switches, and I've done a lot of stuff for people's houses. And I, I love it. I do projects and stuff. Rodney, but I don't know theory. I was stuck. So I got the doorbell to work, and then his hall light doesn't work. It was a bird's nest. Things were coming out of the junction box. There was nothing. There was no lids. I go, how did this pass inspection? Like, he didn't get in the attic. The guy, the guy didn't get in the attic. And Alan goes, don't worry about it. Pastor Alan goes, don't worry about it. Just get the hallway light. So I'm sitting in there. I'm like, no. And I stopped and I asked God. I said, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. And instantly, instantly, I remembered being in a building like three or four years earlier. There was two electricians. They weren't even talking to me. My back was to the wall. I was working on something else. And one yelled to the other. Sometimes... I think he said, sometimes a groundwork, he said something. I couldn't repeat it today. Instantly, that revelation. That revelation was always there. But I asked the God that was with me. 
Instantly I go, I got it, even before I wired it. Wired it, doorbell, hallway like, woo, go God. I've done stuff and projects other people can't figure out because you ask God. You can ask God anything, anything. I, I was reading this story, this missionary, uh, they, they did this campaign in, in, in Africa. They did this healing campaign, and then they had the healing the next day. And then he said, we had lines of people, and they, they were all sick, and there was a nine-year-old girl just waiting in line. He comes up, she comes to me, she goes, I don't know, I feel kind of bad to ask this. What do you want to ask? And she goes, you know, all these people have cancer. All these people have big needs. Uh, do you think God cares about me selling tomatoes? And he goes, absolutely. She goes, she goes, I sell tomatoes, but I only have enough money for bad tomatoes. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for tears. Uh, so he goes, sure. And he prayed for her. and got, She comes back in line, and he's like, oh, she just wants more prayer. And she's like, I just want to tell you what happened. Because I don't have a lot of money, but I found good tomatoes, and I sold them out in a day. It usually takes me a week. And because they're good tomatoes, I can make more. So she had more money. So then she bought more tomatoes and sold those tomatoes. She made one week what she was making like a couple months before. And I'm not trying to be evangelist. I'm trying to be legit. John, God cares about tomatoes? No, he cares about a nine-year-old girl knowing he's in every aspect of her life. So I don't know what your tomatoes are. I don't know what divided you division. Sunday morning, woo, anointed. Monday morning, non-Christian music. Monday morning, no praise. I only praise on Sundays. If you only praise on Sundays, you're not a worshiper. You worship. I can play football. doesn't mean I'm a football player. But God is calling those that worship him in spirit and truth. That means when you get up on Monday morning, you know that's the God with us. And when you praise him, I don't need a band. You don't need anybody. You just need the Holy Spirit. And you can play the music and worship him. If you only worship on Sunday morning, there is a veil between who he really is and what you really do. No, Sunday morning, I worship Jesus. Monday morning, non-Christian music, country music, this, that, the other. There is revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. We can make it everything other than him. He cares about tomatoes. Why? Because he's the God that grew tomatoes because he went on a nine-year-old girl going look i can bless your business yes it doesn't mean he doesn't give back god can do many things at once more miracles i believe in more miracles and more things and more th but he wants to break out in every room in our life okay monday sunday morning hear the message praise jesus monday morning oh how do i deal with this kid oh how do i do with this kid you're not gonna watch your ipad one and god give you words to say what to say and what not to say why because he knows everything and john later wrote Nothing that was created was created without him. But before he was with one of the 12, Jesus, send them away. They're hungry. You don't do that. You heal. You're such a good healer. You can do cancer, but that pain in my heart, you don't touch that. My relationships, eh, you don't work that. Not only does he tell you to forgive, he can give you the power to do it. He doesn't tell you anything to do that he don't do it. Because Jesus forgave the worst, so he can give you power to forgive anything. Jesus is redeemer. It's not just a name he does, it's what he does. It's not just we don't give him titles. No one name describes him. Sometimes he's a lion, sometimes he's a lamb. Sometimes he comes as a wave and an oil and a wind. But the Holy Spirit is his agent here on earth. The Holy Spirit speaks Jesus, if I could say it like that. The Holy Spirit speaks Jesus. There's nothing he'll tell you to do. Go where it's, it's, it's in line with the Father. So two-mouth sword, not only do you have to speak it, but you have to grab it. So, Lord, I thank you today. You care about tomatoes. You care about every area of our life. You care about our business. Why? Because you want to know you're touching and moving and breathing in every single area of our life. There's not an area where he can't touch. He knows where you should live, when you should move, who you should marry, how many kids. He knows you. Look, we go like this. Okay, the state. There are so many problems on the earth, God is waiting for the church to do something. If it was all up to God, there would be no hungry kids. 
if it was all up to God, every foster kid would have a home, a Christian home. So the state, 18 years old, you're out of the foster system. Friends, it's the church. It's someone in the church needs to come. It doesn't mean everybody needs a foster kid in their house, but somebody's got to do something because he wants them to hear the gospel. God cares about everybody. He cares about the millionaire. He cares about the poor. He cares about the rich. And he's going to use the church to demonstrate not just healings, cancers, but every area of our life. Amen? Schools, revivals. So what's your tomatoes? What's your tomatoes? What area do you think, eh, compared to this, it's so much. You know, I went through this pain. I, I've done that. You know, I, I've had pain in my life, but when I compare it to other people's pain, it's like, eh, it's not that big deal. John, I still want to heal it. It's your tomatoes. Because it hurt you. There's people that have lived in trauma and growing up in trauma and brokenness that does not compare, but he still wants to heal every area of hurt in your life. In this house, he wants physical and emotional healing. Doesn't do any good just to get out of a wheelchair but not know him. Or hear a prophecy and not follow it. There's people that come in, get a healing, get a touch from God, get a prophecy, and walk out, and they compartmentalize. They put them behind the veil. Sunday mornings, God, for two hours, nothing past 1230, unless you're moving. But Monday morning, that's on me. And we tell God what to do. Fix them, do this, change this. He says, I want you to sit and listen at my feet. And it may not be what I like, and it may not be what you like, but he's the God that works in every area of our life. So I don't know what you're to me. And she was surrounded, that nine-year-old girl was surrounded by people. And, and, you know, in Africa, they're going to come with way more than they have here. They don't have the medical system. And so she could see it. Does my need compare to those needs? But compared to the cross, Jesus cares about everything. And she sold more in one week than she did for months. So, Lord, I thank you. You are the multiplier, the redeemer. You're the one that created the tomatoes, knows how to sell the tomatoes. You brought her to the place where there was no, no one. She never found that lady before. I don't know what your parents have said or what you thought or, or what you think about your life now. But, God, we give you every rotten tomato, everything that we can't do, every circumstance that we don't know, every knowledge and books. Lord, I thank you for the books coming out of this place, the songs coming out of this place, people going to Hollywood to come out of this place. Lord, I thank you we're going to start looking at finances in a different level. Some of you don't care about money, but actually God wants to bless your life financially. So you have entrance to speak to people that would never hear, listen to me. Does this make sense? I woke up this morning without a message. I didn't have one. I was been working on people's houses. I've been tired, and it's been great. But I'm like, I woke up this morning. I was like, I still didn't, I didn't push it. I didn't get anything. I woke up this morning. I go, I don't have a message. I started laughing. I go, okay, that's not funny. That's not funny. Uh, that's not funny, guys. <laughs> I don't want to laugh. It doesn't usually happen like that. But, friends, the message was already there. I just didn't know it. Your purpose is there. You just don't know it. Where you need to go is you don't know it. Uh, God says, John, I want you to go to Mexico. So I go to Mexico. I want you to work with you. So there's a, we talk about Blaine. It's a church, Agua Viva. It's a church that uh, he used to minister to. I knew them. I knew the pastors. And I called them. And I says, Can, do you mind if I come down and work with the youth? So they go, John, come right now because everybody's scared. No one's coming to Mexico. So I go down there. One youth in the church has he goes, Can I introduce you to someone? He's not even on fire youth. He doesn't even go every week. He doesn't like, they don't call him a super Christian. He goes, John, I just want to introduce you to one person. He introduces me to Naomi, who introduces me to Pastor Joel, who's over Ame in all of wars. Ame is an organization with all these churches. And I was supposed to go to Mexico City, and he, he, was, he was very strict at that meeting. And then he goes, John, I open up all the churches to you. We're believing for revival for the youth, whatever you want to do. I get 
get up and I go, I think I'm supposed to go to Mexico City. I just said it out of my mouth. I put my mouth on God's mouth, and there's a two-edged sword. I think I'm supposed to go to Mexico City. He goes, I'm leaving in two weeks. Come with me. I'm sitting at the table with all, with all these pastors. I'm the only one that speaks English. I don't, I don't speak Spanish fluently. People think I do. Then they start talking Spanish. I don't understand what they're saying. I only understand some things. Tacos, burritos, I don't understand, but they think I'm fluent. And there I am at the table. Each man represents hundreds of people, even probably thousands of people, districts all over Cumbly. And how did I get there? I got there simply because I just took a step and crossed the border. Simply says, I said, God give us my hands. He didn't say, John, there's a youth waiting for you that's going to open this big door. He didn't say that. He just said, go. And some of us are sitting and waiting for the doors and keys to open, but he just needs movement. So, Lord, I thank you today. There's movement. There's movement outside those doors. When you walk outside those doors you're moving it's the God with us not just the God that watches us not just the boss that gives us instructions not just Jesus teach us to pray so Lord teach us to pray but they never said teach us how to feed all the people feed us how to multiply the people John later saw Jesus in Revelation and he couldn't even stand the one closest to him why because the veil of humanity was lifted and I say far too many times we try to put God back behind the veil and say God this is your business but this is not your business. This is what you do. He cares about the natural, the practical, the supernatural, and he wants to bring the supernatural into the natural. Because we have the division. God, get back behind the veil. We don't say it like that. We just don't ask him. We just keep doing what we're doing, what's always worked in our life, instead of stopping. If I wouldn't ask the Holy Spirit, that house still wouldn't have a doorbell. Probably today. They would probably tear the whole house down because it's not under the coat. <laughs> but I stopped and asked. Ask, seek, and knock because he's the God that's with us. He's right here. And the Holy Spirit is in us when you get saved. And then when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, he comes on you. But one of the things Jesus did, whatever Jesus did, the Holy Spirit does. They, they went to Jesus and asked questions. He gave him answers. They saw Jesus do ministry, Lord. Someone's before you. Lord, how do I pray for this person? There was a man, and I'm not saying all healings like this. There was a woman who was sick. This guy comes up to her and goes, how many people have prayed for you? She goes, lots. And God says, she needs to forgive so-and-so. She forgave so-and-so, instantly got healed. That's not a formula. That's listening to God. When you look at all the healing evangelists and stuff, they had many people that were not healed, but they didn't stop. John Wimber who Randy Clark and Bill Johnson both say it was because John Wimber, and if you don't know who those guys are, they're healing pastors, great signs and wonders. Both of them trace them back to John Wimber. John Wimber, he was praying for the sick. He gave up. He gave up. He's like, I'm not praying for any more sick. He goes, this guy calls me and goes, my wife's sick. She, she, I got to go to work. Come over and pray for her. He, was, he goes, I'm the pastor, so I go over there and pray for her. And he goes, she had no makeup. She, he goes, she was sick, sick. No woman will let you see her like this. She was sick, sick. <laughs> sick, sick. No makeup in this. I go in there. I pray for her, and then I turn to the husband, and I start telling him all the reasons why some people don't get healed. <laughs> when I break it, and then while I'm talking to her, his face changes. I turn around, and she's out of bed. And John goes, what happened? She goes, you healed me. He goes, I didn't heal you. And he's driving down the road, and he goes, God, we got one. Because they used to pray for people back in the day behind the curtain at their church. And his elder goes, I'm not going behind that curtain one more time. He goes, we were getting sicker. And John, says, I, John Wimber says, I saw a vision over heaven. I saw honey dripping. And some people were 
loving the honey, eating the honey, enjoying the honey, and other people are going like this. Same spirit. And God says, John, that's my mercy. Don't ever beg me for healing again. Same honey, different responses. Lord, I thank you for the revelation of Jesus Christ. God with us. I have many things to say to you, but you can't handle them now. But when I go, the spirit of truth will come, and he will. So I thank you. You're bringing us into a season where we can handle more of what you're saying, the God with us. I thank you for if you need a physical healing, this is not a church that just because we preach on one thing doesn't know. I thank you for an increase of healings as even people walk through the doors, Lord, even people as they ride the elevators, they will feel your presence and be touched even during worship, God. I thank you for more angelic activity, God. I thank you for touching people's lives in every single area, God. And this morning, Lord, we bring you our tomatoes, where to live, the jobs, the practical things, because we know you're the God that's with us, Lord. You know everything, Jesus. You can even make a doorbell and a hall light work at the same time. And I came after a mess, a mess. Pastor Allen preached last week on the potter. It was last week, right? It's a busy week for me, Pastor Allen. Forgive me. It was it was amazing message, amazing message. If you don't hear it, hear it. It's about how the potter doesn't throw things away. And this would be the, the, I'm gonna end with this story. There was a in in uh, there was a city in in Italy. They had this block of marble, and they wanted to make a statue, and so they gave it to an artist, and he started working on it, and it was too flawed, so he said, I can't work on it. He gave it to another artist, and another artist started working on it. He goes, this marble is too flawed. I can give it to another artist. And I believe he was 26 years old. That's where you get the statue of David because they put it in the master's hands. See, Michelangelo was a master. He saw the flaws but he could see the statue. So when you look at your life, you can see the rotten tomatoes, but God sees the statue. Peter, you're going to deny me, but when you return, I see, Peter, you're, you're going to be stuck at the denial, but I already see you preaching on the, first, on the, on the day of Pentecost. It wasn't John who preached. It wasn't Matthew who preached. It wasn't Mark who preached. It was the one that denied him three times. And Peter stood up and he preached. You can't do that if you have shame and guilt. Paul killed Christians. Give me the authority. He did not sit in the back of the church. He wrote his letters, called to be an apostle by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is calling you to do things that your parents, your family, generations, history, wrong gender didn't call you. Paul called to be an apostle by Jesus Christ. God did not tell him you're going to write a letter that's going to be in a book that millions of people are going to read. They didn't know that. They were just writing letters. It's called Bible because it's a book. It just means a book. It means letters. So when he was writing the letter in jail, he was writing called to be an apostle by Jesus Christ. Not by Mark. Not by Matthew. Not by Luke. Not by John. By God. There is things. Stand up. There there is things that God's calling you to do that only he's called you to do, Kirk. No one else. Not your moms. You got to stand up. Not your mom. Not your generations. Wrong gender. Wrong nation. There's places you will go that no one else will go. Some of you are called to raise young people that they will go in nations. And while you sleep, they're preaching the gospel in a place that has a son. Why? Because Jesus Christ has released the Holy Spirit. And he sees the whole world. He sees the rich. He sees the poor. He sees a nine-year-old girl that wants to sell tomatoes. He sees the cancer. He sees the wheelchair. Lord, I thank you for bringing us dialysis patients that are healed, that can go back to the dialysis center and tell there is a Jesus that heals. There is a God with us. So, Lord, I thank you for, for no financial blocks in this church and this congregation that we will be able to preach about money rightly. It is a tool. It is a weapon. It's not a place to camp. 
Yes, you can have nice stuff, but that's not the whole purpose. There's an eternity. And everybody you see, every waitress, every hairdresser, every business person is going to be somewhere for eternity. Somewhere they will be for eternity. And that is a long place to be wrong. You can miss baptism of the Holy Spirit and go to heaven. You can miss healing and not believe rightly and go to heaven. You can miss prophecy and go to heaven. But friends, you got to get Jesus right. you got to get Jesus right. And when you get him all right, he brings all of that. Amen? So go this week and do not put God in a category. Give him your tomatoes in every area. And watch him multiply and do what you could not do. Because he may bring you to a young youth person that introduces you to Mexico City. And sitting around a table, and each man representing hundreds of, if not thousands of people, how did I get here? One step. God, I trust. So we trust you, God. We trust you with our tomatoes. We trust you with the sick. And after we see signs, wonders, and miracles, we won't put you back in the, try to put you back in the ark because you don't live there. Send the people away. You give them something to eat. The answers are coming from the church by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.